Hello and welcome to the Oh Dear Podcast. My name is Christian Durant, Senior Vice President of the Oh Dear Podcast, Oh Dear Nation, Oh Dear Limited, Oh Dear Weekly, and also Oh Dear Zero Fourteen. Which, with me, as always, on the One Podcast, where we talk about things that will make your mother clutch her pearls and say, "Oh dear," are my co-hosts Nick Whitmer and Brett Rabel. Damn, that was like on two times speed. Speed run. Yeah, you ever listen to things faster because you're like, I, I need to I get could, the content. I could never like less relate to a human being in my life. Than someone who's like, I want to watch this movie, but I need to watch it half the time. Yeah. Like I just, I can't relate. That thought has never once occurred to me. Podcasting Wait, the same thing, like I, I guess, so like, it's just like it's so distracting. I, I've never been like in a crunch for time, and then had the had the priority of having to listen to a podcast. Like just listen to half of it, and then yeah. pick up the other half later. Like I don't right. get. I've like I just don't understand this uh, this type of person, and they wanted to do it on Netflix and put it in movies and two times movies and shows, yeah. and I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. No, you don't get it, man. You're just not productive like me. Like <laughs> I see movies not as moments where you just can plug out and watch something. I see them as like tasks to be completed, <laughs> which is it's really like, the right way to approach entertainment. Yeah. Why don't we all just get feeding tubes and colostomy bags? Because yeah. I just don't have time to sit on the toilet or chew food. So just yeah. pump it into my stomach and pump it out of my asshole. Like just yeah. bags on my body, dude. He was like, I only have 20 minutes to listen to this Planet Money episode. And I need to have all the information in 20 minutes to do this presentation. <laughs> like, yeah. I, just, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, that's. I think that's so weird. It's so distracting. I immediately notice, like sometimes I'll accidentally push like one and a half speed and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. (laughs) It's Um, weird that there's the slower speed too. It's like someone wants to savor it longer. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you know, Joe Rogan's podcast isn't long enough for me. So I think this episode needs to be six hours. Let's half speed it. Yeah, I have six hours. (laughs) This train ride. Yeah, that's like if you want, like if you don't want to talk to somebody. (laughs) <laughs> like you're on a train with somebody you almost like kind of don't know and right. you're oh, i'm listening to a podcast okay just we'll talk when you're done <laughs> you put it on time speed it's an 11 hour podcast yeah uh, <laughs> so it's really getting into the nitty-gritty about the vietnam war so <laughs> i don't know that's very funny come to think of it, christian i think you've pulled that one on me how so oh yeah yeah i've been uh, i've been in a car with Brett and put my headphones in the passenger seat while he's driving. And we're like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's a 20 minute drive. <laughs> I know. Can't give worry, me 20 I'm on, minutes. I'm on one and a half speed. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Motherfuckers yeah. hardcore. Well, Gotta get uh, that content in dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which I, I actually, there, there's two things I wanted to talk about specifically today. I think I messaged you, about them but one thing i wanted to talk about because it kind of it spilled into my world of wrestling is the um, urban meyer story now the way it's yeah. spilled into my world is i was that gonna say how did it spill into wrestling <laughs> because the owner of uh all elite wrestling AEW, is tony yeah well shot Khan, yeah tony Khan, his son uh, and- wait, 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 just fyi it does sound like shaka Khan, <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck is yeah. Shaka Khan is really diversifying their <laughs> their set of what they do. So I, from what I understand of this story, because I, I obviously don't follow football closely at all, but this Urban Meyer story is like Urban Meyer was a pretty um, successful college coach. He was very, yeah, very Florida successful Gator, college I coach. Remember, um, I remember two teams, from yeah, Florida and Tim Tebow was like his player, right? Right, and then later Ohio State. He's basically had success everywhere he's went in college. Yes, so so I guess the Jacksonville Jaguars were looking for a new head coach, and they hired uh, Urban Meyer. I guess they watched Ted Lasso or something, and just like <laughs> <laughs> got Urban Meyer to, um, you know, to coach the team. And wait, then- what's Jacksonville? Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Jacksonville, Florida. Yes. Is there okay. another Jacksonville? No, no, I just, I just no. wasn't listening to you for a millisecond. <laughs> um, so anyway, so now he's the coach of the Jaguars, and then he's been up to some 
crazy stuff. And, and, and the thing that caught my attention was that he's, he, after seven years of not playing football, he's brought back Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is well, like, he brought back Tebow. That. He didn't even make the team. He got cut in the preseason because he's, oh, okay. he's not a good football player. And I've been saying that for my whole life. But Nope. I'm Great also Christian, a fan though. of a team take away that. who he beat in the playoffs. So there's that too. So mm-hmm. I have to live that That's down. right. I actually remember that's one of the best – most fun football games no, I ever worst. watched. It was the is, worst. Well, it we're getting the- sidetracked on that, but it was a Tim Tebow, just FYI, let's get this on the record, led his team, I believe the Broncos, to beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. He led one of those like classic fourth quarter drives. And- it was an overtime the first oh, play of, oh, even better. The, oh, the, man. The first play of overtime, he throws the ball 75 yards down the field for a touchdown. <laughs> the guy who, guy who can't throw beats my team with a – You know what happened? Pass. You know what it's happened? Jesus took the wheel. That is what happened. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> the I, hand of I God. Still, I still remember that night. I think Christian, I think you were with us. I think it was me, Christian, and my friend Chris maybe. We went to like a bar near Union Square, the university bar. On the way there, I dropped my phone and cracked my screen. And then I walk mm-hmm. into the bar. And then the, the Steelers are down. The Steelers somehow come back to bring the game into overtime. And now everybody's like, all right, all is right of the world. The team that's supposed to win is going to win. It goes into overtime in the first play, Tim Tebow. That, and it's like that entire season, I spent my entire energy going like, guys, Tim Tebow's not good. I know you think he's good because you want him to be good, but he's not good. He's and so he, good. And then he beats my team in the fucking goddamn playoffs. That's so. what you get. That is what you get. When yep. you yep. speak ill of the Lord, the Lord striketh back. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 15 through 18. Uh, wow. That was the most fun. It was so fun. I'll be honest. It's a lot of fun rooting for Christianity at random times <laughs> <laughs> because we're in like liberal yuppie New York. So those moments where you can like playfully root for Christianity, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta hold on to those dearly. And that was one of those like harmless moments where you got to say like, you know, maybe we should give it up for the, maybe give it up for God on this one. Right. Right. Fucking dude, that still upsets me. But yeah, so Tim Tebow, or well, Tim Tebow, they signed him to play tight end, which he never played in his life. It's so <laughs> insulting. It's so insulting to be like it would. It, it's literally the equivalent of like, yeah, why can't that actor do stand up? It's like it's literally like, <laughs> come on, why can't? And it's like this dude who has he played college football at a high level. He played NFL football at a low level. He's never played a so, second of a of a prefer- like to play tight end in, in the league isn't like you can just go oh I'm, like I know we've had like in the league there's former basketball players who didn't play much football growing up and they transitioned to play tight end but they are also absolute freak athletes Tim Tebow and no universe is a freak athlete um, in a, in the professional sense like to, compared to the average person of course he is but he doesn't have elite strength speed size anything when you're when you're comparing it to an NFL pro level. But he does have the it factor, and I think the it factor. Uh, the it factor. You know, he got cut at the second preseason game because he couldn't block. Like you know what no happened? No, no. He he got cut because he needed to spend time doing missionary work. It was his uh, choice. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. And, it's his calling. It was yeah, just a coincidence it, that he had the worst game of his life the minute before <laughs> he got cut. Yeah. Um. Totally. And I mean, all these X and O's, what do they really mean, Whitmer? Right. You know? Well, so anyway, so uh, Urban Meyer brings in Tim Tebow. That He also brought in a, um, a strength and conditioning coach who was just fired <clears throat> like a couple months earlier for being racist. Oh, so, like, really? Yeah. So like Urban and everybody is like, dude, what is this guy doing? And then on top of that, like. He filled out uh, coaching staff. This is more like for football fans, and this isn't really controversial, but he just filled out like kind of a questionable coaching staff, like a bunch of coaches that have never really had success anywhere. And it almost looked like he was just kind of 
filling it out with like yes men and people who he knew. Yeah, like kind of yes men and like. Well, you know what the weirdest choice was was he had his offensive coordinator was Steve Bannon, which I thought was <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a, well, he, he's a great choice. tactician. <laughs> <laughs> he is like, good at developing yeah. a game plan that is yeah. true it's not one we tend to agree with but he does yeah. develop a hell of a game plan he was the offensive coordinator for the biggest upset in political history <laughs> <laughs> um, um and uh so then uh you know he took the job he really i mean no one i don't know he's just like a guy urban meyer's a guy who He's left every every job he's had. He's never been fired. He leaves. Sometimes it's because of his health. Sometimes it's because some conspiracy people are like he's about to get in trouble from some sort of, you know, breaking NCAA rules and stuff. Because, you know, there's a lot of controversies in college football with paying players under the table and stuff. And mm-hmm. a lot of that's gone away because of the um, NIAA thing or whatever it's called. Uh, where players can make money from their likeness now. Um, but, like, he left Florida, and then Florida had some scandals. He left Ohio State, and Ohio State had some scandals. And both times he said it was because of his health. And he does kind of have some health issues, so he could be telling the truth. Maybe it's a half-truth. I don't know. So he went to go do broadcasting, and everybody kind of just saw his coaching career as being done. And then Jacksonville won the football draft. Basically, they they got the very first overall pick, and Trevor Lawrence, he, which is like this generational quarterback, who was available. So I, I think I think he decided that if you if you're going to take an NFL job, you need a good quarterback. And he went to a team that had the first overall pick, who could take the best quarterback. You know, generationally is what people are saying. And he took the job, and I don't really think he's taken it too seriously or maybe he has he's just not very good at it or it's just different coaching you go from coaching you know kids high college kids and the great thing about college coaching is like nick saban is the alabama coach nick saban's a fucking asshole but your team gets recycled every three to four years because you're only in college for three or four years maybe five the nfl you, you have people on your team for years like six seven ten years so, like, you don't recycle the entire team every three years. So you being an asshole is mitigated in college football because it's you have a new fresh group of people to be an asshole to who aren't used to you being an asshole to them. Also um, the dynamic. These are 18-year-old kids. Yeah. And you can be a – you can't really be a dick to a 28 year old guy who, by yeah. the way, who's fucking millionaire, <laughs> yeah. who's a millionaire and lifts weights for about four and a half hours a day. Right. Yeah. And it's just like it's a it, professional sports is like you need discipline. You need hard ass people. I mean, the, the league's filled with those type of people. But there is more of a respect level for pro players than there is college players. I mean, and there should be. I mean, you know, here's a question. If you're like yeah. a star athlete, because I was thinking about this watching the Jordan documentary. Mm-hmm. If you're like a star athlete, can you get a coach fired? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, uh, yes. Certain stars can. It's a. Like I think it's a. Yeah. Go ahead, Brett. It's a rarefied era of superstardom that people who I mean the joke with LeBron for years has been he's been le GM they call it. he's been a, <laughs> he's been effectively a general manager which is why right. like what he wants is kind of what he gets. Yeah. yeah. It and, happens a lot. It happens a lot more in the NBA because it's more of a players league. Mm-hmm. The NFL is very much a. Um, uh, uh, it's like the NFL is not player dependent as much as the NBA is. The NBA, the NFL is like the like Seinfeld had that joke: is you root for the laundry, you root for the jersey, and it's it's so true. It's like yeah. you're a Cowboys fan, you're a diehard Cowboys fan. It, you know, if they traded Dak Prescott tomorrow, you're still going to be a Cowboys fan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, whereas. NBA fans, there's just people who are LeBron fans who just follow him. That's true. Team. They're people who are, you That's know. That's true. So LeBron has so much more power and influence um, than, like, say, even like a Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason why yeah. Tom Brady left the Patriots was because this 20 year kind of power struggle in a way that with Bill Belichick. But um, yeah, you, so theoretically, I think in the NFL, I think some pe- player, I think if you lose the locker room, the coach gets canned. And I think, by the way, to transition, I, I do want to get to this too. 
of the whole John Gruden thing that happened because this is the best yeah, thing I mean, ever to happen to Urban Meyer. But we haven't got to Urban Meyer yet. Um, <laughs> Urban Meyer basically just you can backtrack. Urban Meyer um, uh, goes and plays uh, in Cincinnati. I, real quick, I just got to say, I feel like we're giving too much backstory because we're like Urban Meyer, born on February second, nineteen seventy one. But go, go ahead, go ahead. Urban Meyer plays a game in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, against the Cincinnati Bengals. He coached at Ohio State, so he has roots in Ohio, and he has a restaurant in, like, I don't know, Columbus or something, which is nearby. I don't know. Anyway, this is, and I've heard this as uh, from multiple people on, like, podcasts and stuff. There, No one has ever, 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 ever remembered a time in the in NFL history where a coach didn't fly back with their team after a game. So, literally, Coach the Urban Meyer was like, all right, we lost. You guys head back to Jacksonville. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> Deuces. And then he goes to a bar, which he owns apparently, and then there's like a, a woman who's not his wife lap dancing, and apparently he kind of helps himself with a hand down low. I, I, I mean, I it's all kind of – I have actually yeah. still haven't even seen the video, but I'm just going by what people are saying. It right. basically what, it wasn't a good look. He didn't fly yeah. back with his team. That's hilarious. He, he's he, he's on video, seemingly fondling a woman who's not his wife. That's um, so funny. He had a hook yeah. up there, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna get some. You guys fly back. I'm gonna get some snatch." Yeah, <laughs> it's so strange. Um, I mean, as a team leader, to just go. All right, all right, guys. I'll catch you later. This is where I leave you. Yeah. Is that's the funniest head coach move. I've ever heard like, I, you know, I just want to like see the city. Like you're just <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like I've never been to Miami before. We didn't really get a chance to be in Miami. So you guys go back and work and I'm going to, uh, I'll see you guys. Uh, I'll be there next Friday. You're spending yeah. a whole week. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hit up the beach. Um, you guys go back yeah. to practice. Yeah. But so our next game is in, okay. Our next game is in Houston. All right. I'll see you guys there. Yeah. yeah. So, so Christian, Outside of the backstory I just gave for everything, what else was it about the story that hit you? Is it just that Tony Khan is the what, they just wrestler? they just yeah it was just the uh, the decision making of Shad Khan apparently because yeah. Shad because Tony Khan has less to do with the actual um, uh, running of of uh, the Jaguars. It's just funny to me. The thing that made me laugh was him bringing back Tim Tebow because apparently yeah. they're like friends. Yeah. So it's like, it's just weird. Like, you know what I mean? Right, it's just like, right. you know, it's like, uh, it's just giving your friend a spot. Like clear, like the nepotism is insane. Right. Like, bring someone who hasn't played football for seven years to a professional <laughs> team <laughs> and then finding a spot for him as like a, a tight end or whatever. And that's was. after hiring a, a strength and conditioning coach who literally got fired for like, doing yeah. being racist to players <laughs> so, right it's it's like he's trying to get fired right right and then uh the best thing that ever happened to him uh john gruden got re- right. resigned last night because of emails from like 10 years ago that he sent to yeah. bruce allen who's the former president of the washington football team um which i don't know it has to be torn because hold up what go ahead what are the emails what so this is the this is how this is okay so the, the, the famous ones that are making the rounds is uh, the uh, – I'm forgetting the guy's name, but he's like the player – he's the head of the players' union. DeMora um, Smith? Yeah, DeMora Smith. Uh, he said that he has lips the, the lips size of the Michelin, size of Michelin tires. tires. Michelin tires. Oh, and boy. then uh, he called sure. Good, Roger Goodell a pussy and they uh, – All right, well, that one's uh, fine. That's whatever. The F-word. So does every, um, every NFL fan. The F-word. Yeah, he oh, called okay. him the F-word. Yeah, it's still 10 years yeah, ago. It's not yeah. fair. Well, this is the thing that upsets me. Is <laughs> NFL. Like, uh, NFL, 10 years ago. Think yeah. of where the the country right. was on that dialogue. Yeah, think now of any Phillies fan from Philadelphia. If it truly is 10 years ago and you call someone the F word, well, it's the New a York wick. Times, yeah. yeah the, the New York Times came out and said that now that they have a string of emails from 10 years ago up until two or three years ago. But I, right. who knows the timeline? But this is what upsets me about it is like these are private correspondence between friends. And in my opinion, if 
I think there needs to be some sort of moral clause to where none of these were intended for the ear of man. Like these were just between yeah. a guy and another guy who maybe they both think that those type of jokes are funny. Yeah. And that's not, a, that's not a crime. That's not like if they're, if like you find emails of like evidence of a crime, then yes, I think that that should be published. Like the Edward Snowden thing, obviously it's a completely different scale because it's national security and all mm-hmm. that. But like, to just live in a world where like you can just uncover some emails and then publish them in the New York times. I think that there's like a moral, there's something morally wrong about that. Unless the conversations are um, talking about committing a crime. And then just to say things like I, I sent this to like, this is, I sent this, let me find the the excerpt that I was reading from the New York times article that drove me crazy. Well, here's the, Um, um, here's the, the argument kind of against that in that like people, I, I, I agree um, that like there's a level of like, well, this wasn't meant for anybody else um, outside of the context of this email. But the argument that people would make would be that if someone's making racist jokes in private and is racist, they who is the head of a team, their racism is going to color how they treat people that they're you know, that they employ or are under. And those, you know, the, the, the argument is that like, you're going to be, you're not going to get the opportunities or whatever. You're going to be treated differently because of well, your skin color. I, by I would a counter by a racist that, boss. Right. I would counter this. He said racist things. And he said, homophobic things. The yeah. only gay active football player plays for the team that he coached and had the courage to come out. Against. Right. So clearly Michael if there Sam. was some, um, no, uh, Carl Nassib uh, came out openly um, uh, this summer. Um, mm-hmm. So he was like the only, he was the first active NFL player to do so. Um, Sam came out before he was drafted or whatever. Um, so if, if he's harboring some sort of homophobic environment as the leader of a team, like would the guy have really had the felt supported enough to do that? And the other thing is, is like, this is the NFL, like 70% of the league's black. So like, if you're an NFL head coach, how could you possibly segregate against someone from the color of their skin when 70% of your workforce is black? Like you, you can't start, you can't just like pick a random white guy and be like, you're going to play safety today. Cause fuck that black guy. And it's like, unless, like, unless rest, he's Tim the, Tebow, unless he's the, Tim Tebow, the rest of the team is <laughs> black too. Like, the, like there's like, I don't know. I just find it like, I get the point. But I just think that, like, the the fact that this guy is coaching an NFL team, who, by the way, is playing well this year, if he was actually a, a, a racist, um, and there's a difference between saying something racist and being a racist. I think that those things should – they're not mutually exclusive or whatever. But, um, yeah. I don't know. Real quick, this is what sports – Real uh-huh. quick, just going on the, the Tim Tebow thing. It would be funny if Urban Meyer just has a hard-on for Tim Tebow. Like anybody, like at practice, somebody's like, Nelson, you're behind. Te- Tebow, get in there. <laughs> to the point where like Tebow is just, everybody get off the field. It's just Tebow. <laughs> like, Tebow, Tebow, you're going to, you're going to, the kicker misses one kick from yeah. 45. All right, Tebow. Tebow, you're kicking. <laughs> I've never kicked before. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You got the power of Christ. <laughs> so this this is an excerpt from the New York Times. Yeah. It just kind of bugs me about where the New York Times is because when you're posting an article, a news article, this is the news now. This is like reporting what happened. You're not supposed to like editorialize it. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're, you're not mm-hmm. supposed. So this is literally this is a, a zec- an excerpt that I was reading the Times and I copied and pasted because I couldn't believe it. This is taken together. The emails provide an unvarnished look into a clubby culture of one NFL circle of peers where white male decision makers felt comfortable sharing pornographic images, deriding the league's policies and jocular sharing of homophobic language. It's like that, that's that paragraph is so annoying to read where it's like, you can just say what happened without having to be like, these white men were doing this and they felt that they could just say these things. It's like, keep that. I think that's why like every, almost every credible um, journalist that left the New York times, because the, the times has just become just like, kind of like this, this gossip rag now. Like, why would that ever make, like, if you go back and read Watergate stuff from Washington post, I guarantee you they're not like, 
this paints a picture of a white man sitting in the power of the president. Like that's all opinion based shit. Like that's for, is, that's for the editorial. That's not that, for the news. Is reporting. it relevant that he's white if he was saying racist stuff? You know, that's my counter. Is like yeah. this. If it was just homophobic, like he had just you know called the whatever, said the f word, and said I don't know that guy plays football like he's gay as AIDS or I don't know something like that. Um, is that and they were like he's a white man? I would go. It has no bearing. So but you're it, you're yeah. just trying. They're when people do that, they're just trying to make it most safe to shit on someone because. You know, I'm not whining about it, but it is true that the safest person to shit on is a white man. Like, no one right. will get mad at you for shitting on a white guy. Yeah, and I guess it just what upsets me is it's like it says a clubby culture of an NFL circle of peers where white male decision makers felt comfortable sharing blah, 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 blah. You mean they felt sharing – they felt comfortable sharing stuff to their friends in a private email? Like yours, like what are you talking about? Like this isn't even this isn't even this is like saying like I can't believe that uh, one friend would be very personal to another friend and say something that they wouldn't say in public. Like of course right. that's where people say that shit, dude. It's a private correspondence, and sometimes like some people, I mean myself included, is I mean we all have group chats that if they published any of these, we'd all go to fucking cancel culture jail but it's like sometimes you just say outrageous things because you're upset and it and it's funny in the moment so we don't know the context of him saying something racist or him saying something homophobic like it, it it's like you don't know who with the context in the sense of like who is it for and why is he saying it like that you can say something really off-putting and really terrible and really offensive to a group of friends and it's not offensive because the context is, is a private conversation with a friend. Right. You know, they're not going to get offended by it. And that's the point of saying it to them is because it's just a, something that you and your friend are enjoying because you both know it's wrong to say. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just a rare person, but I've done this my entire life where you say outrageous things to your friends because that's where you do. Like, you say, that's like, it's how you get a laugh. It's like, I don't know. That's just how I have been. So, I don't know. I just have, I'm uncomfortable with this world where like, and no one questions it anymore. Like they've released these emails right. and everybody's like, yeah, get them. It's like, no one's talking about the, 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 like the, the ethics, the journalistic ethics of just taking someone's emails and writing about them. Like if there's a crime committed, yes. I think that then, then that supersedes someone's privacy and, and depending on the crime, I suppose. But you know, if they're talking about, you know, uh, cons- conspiring to do something wrong or murdering or anything like that, then I think like, yeah, you know, whatever. But if it's just to do to, what's the point just to take a guy's career away? Like that's, the- you know, I kind of got to be honest. I think, I think we need safe spaces for even toxic masculinity. I'm kind of <laughs> not, I'm kind of not even kidding. Like, and if I there agree. is one place where it's okay to set, to be a bit of a quote unquote toxic male. And by the way, this is something I was thinking about comparing talk because we never say toxic femininity. You know why? Because we're so afraid of them. They're so toxic that we don't even. <laughs> but um, but uh, toxic toxic masculinity is like I'm gonna fuck you up. I'm gonna punch you in the head. Right. Toxic femininity is like mind games. It's like mental. It's like mental control. How can I deride this person's self confidence and self esteem? Toxic masculinity is really just physical violence. Which is really not that bad. Yeah. Toxic femininity is, all right. Is that what you're going to wear? <laughs> yes. It's like, you're, oh, you like, you like that shirt? Oh, it's uh, my okay. favorite shirt. My mom got yeah. it for me. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the editorializing really is getting out of control. I was reading this article about um, Martin Shkreli and it started with uh, ugly duty head. Martin Shkreli is in jail today. <laughs> Just out of control. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, it's like by uh, Bob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stupid duty head. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, it said that uh, that's how it, the article started. I'm joking, Brett. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> God, I'm stupid as hell. 
It's like Bob Woodward, award-winning yeah. journalist. is like, stupid duty at Martin's Grove. Richard Nixon today. Uh, <laughs> fart the Nugent. <laughs> with his ugly, fat face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no it's like, right. I just, yeah, it's kind of a, it's just a mess of things. And like, again, it's like, no, what? It's just so weird. We just enjoy taking these people that I don't even like John Gruden. I've never even liked John Gruden. I, I don't Here's the thing. I think that like they signed him to this incredibly long and crazy contract because the Raiders are just, they just, they're just horribly run. And John Gruden was a sexy name because he was hosting, or, um, yeah, hosting Monday Night Football and he had success with another team. So he was like this, like, win the press conference type hire, but like, He's been. They're doing well this year, but before this year, the last three years have been pretty bad, and they're just they're just clearly a mismanaged organization. And like the the, the like they drafted a guy like third overall who should have gone in the second round, and he doesn't even play. They just like they're just making horrendous decisions. So in a way, like it's good for the Raiders. They get out from underneath this giant ten year, hundred million dollar contract, and they could probably sign a better. That's coach. the new yeah. But that, beside That's, the point is like I do feel that this this is kind of a unjustified type of but that's the new technique is weaponizing people's minor or mid uh transgressions in private correspondence like to get out of contracts that's like oh fuck we don't want to pay this guy 110 million dollars all right i'm gonna pay someone on the on fiverr two grand which is nothing to hack into his shit and just do a keyword search of all the words, gay, the F word. Right, right. Um, somebody, th- they some- tried to do that with Urban Meyer, actually. Like uh, after the whole Urban Meyer thing happened, there were reports that the Jags had closed door meetings with ownerships going through Urban's contract to see if they could like fire him for cause and get out from having to pay him his contract. Because I think NFL contracts are guaranteed for coaches. There was somebody a few years ago that was like, it was almost like in the open, it was like somebody got canceled for something and it was like almost purely because they had just signed a big contract and they wanted to get out of it. Like, I, yeah. And it was like, it was so naked, but like, it's funny because it's like, <clears throat> it is true. It's like, if you really believed in those kind of like Hollywood, not even, let's not even say Hollywood, let's just say business corporate machinations. Like they would just like, if you believe in that kind of clandestine thing is like, would it make sense for an organization to leak out your emails that he probably has NFL emails? Like if they're inclined to, you know, want to save some money, they could leak out your emails and uh, get you fired without having to fire you. A hundred percent. Genius. God is genius. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, the person who leaked this clearly had some sort of reason to do so. Um, yeah. Some of it was uncovered in an investigation from what I understand they were investigating the Washington football team because of Dan Snyder, the owner, was doing sh- shitty things with the cheerleaders. And like, and one of the things that they sent, by the way, one of the Redskins guys or Washington football team guys sent John Gruden like an email of a topless Redskins cheerleader. Um, and there was all these scandals that they were taking pictures of them topless and all these other things. I don't know. That's yeah. a story for another day. But uh, I don't totally like, you know, I don't totally think that's like crazy conspiracy stuff because uh after watching i don't don't know if you guys saw that gary shandling documentary a few years back that judd apatow did where he was like gary shandling was like really um paranoid and he thought like somebody was bugging him and it turns out like his his former agent um brad gray i guess allegedly um was like hired a private investigator to tap his phones and like because they were in a lawsuit so he was trying to get any like information secret information that he could from him and this is yep. the ceo of paramount pictures you know what i mean like right. <laughs> that's crazy yeah i mean rich powerful people do that shit all the time man and it you know it goes back to is there's some from what i understand like this was uh, reported a few years ago about john gruden he rubbed a lot of because he went from nfl football coach to in working in the media and when he was the Monday Night Football uh, commentator, he signed a contract that made him the highest paid person in media, which apparently upset a lot of traditional media people because this outsider comes in, he gets mm-hmm. paid the most out of anybody. And the media kind of had it up, kind of didn't like John Gruden. They were like, it was like a jealousy thing and a power thing. 
And as soon as John Gruden left the media to go coaching, the media kind of would just railroad Gruden anytime they got. So this is, I think, another example of like, maybe someone was like, oh, good, let's take down this motherfucker. You yeah. know, like, that's just the way, you know, some vindictive person would probably operate. Yeah. Because there's really no reason to release this. Because, I mean, think about it. Like, he's he's a football coach. He's been a football coach for the last three years. Um, he's clearly not done anything racist or homophobic to his current team. So you can't even make the case that, oh, well, we're just trying to protect the players or we're just trying, you know, like it's clearly just a, let's just get this guy fired. Like the only motive you could possibly have to release that is to get him fired yeah. or if you're getting paid to, to leak information or something sure. like that. The only two, the only two things is like if somebody paid you for the information that you had or you were trying to get him fired. It was personal. It was the only two motives you could possibly have to, to do. It was, no one released this out of the goodness of their heart because they're concerned about the naughty language that John Gruden spoke. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is a. Uh, it's it's all bullshit. And my family, it's kind of a bummer because my family. I always used to joke because there was a segment called Gruden's Grinders, and so I would always with my. <laughs> I would always to my sister, like I would always just call her a Gruden's grinder. So <laughs> unfortunately I really can't um I wonder if you told Gruden that Grinder was a gay app for gay dating. <laughs> yeah. He would have like, really- Oh no, Gruden's Gruden's Tinders. We're Gruden's <laughs> Tinders. He's like Gruden's power bottoms. That's not gay. Right? <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> um uh. Anyway, should we shift into this uh, this TikTok you sent us about Smash Mouth? Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. The thing is, I might need one of you guys to pull it up on your phone if you can, because I don't have yeah. my phone is not next to me. Yeah. <clears throat> so I saw this on Patton Oswalt's Twitter. He retweeted <laughs> uh, a girl's uh, TikTok. Who she put out a video. I don't know where she is in this, or I don't know somewhere out in the country. And uh, she said she went to like a food and wine festival and Smash Mouth was playing. And she goes, this is the most by far the most chaotic thing I've ever seen. And at first I'm like, oh, this is going to be stupid. But she posts video of the show and it's insane. Like, <laughs> dude, it's like it's like Kenny Powers is the lead singer of Smash Mouth. It's like straight out of Eastbound and Down. It's like it's, um, it's a I scene out of a movie. Yeah, I used to work at a bar, and we had. Was that it? Yeah, I had yeah. it, but I didn't want to. Uh, okay. Uh, um, I, I used to work at a bar where we would have bands come and play at the bar, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, and stuff like that. And like they, you know, some bands would drink and they would get a little drunk on stage, and you could tell that they were drunk on stage. I've yeah. never seen. This right. is literally a guy in a blackout. Still yes. going. Like, there's no way he had any memory of any of this the next <laughs> right. day. So, Brett, He's you want to do the hammered. honors okay. here? I don't know so, if the audio would do it justice, but yeah. maybe we can just look up one of our Instagram. Pat and Oswald. If, yeah, you know, it has a million views. Plug. You'll find it. Yeah. Is it worth playing? Uh, yeah, well, we, we can narrate some stuff that's maybe a little right. clear. But I did just see Smash Mouth perform live this is at a the woman. local beer and wine festival. <laughs> when it. I say this is the most chaotic <laughs> show I've ever seen in my entire life, I have no words. At no point was the sound balance. <laughs> so, so real quick, there's feedback the whole time. speech. Like... <laughs> Oh my god. Fuck you bitches. So at one point he goes, no, you're a fucking nutbag. You fucked up. He does the Heil Hitler salute. He does a Heil Hitler? Yeah. Yeah. That was the most, I was like, (laughs) yeah. At about... Alright. Okay, pause it, Oh my god. Alright, I'm I'm just gonna go through this on my end without sound. So, So anyway... So if you look, if you watch the video, it's her. And then there's just feedback coming from the mic, which is just insane. Completely. With no attempt to like, oh yeah, yeah, feedback. And then you like cover the mic or you like move over or some shit. Just feedback. And then he's just like (laughs) rambling. 
but like unintelligible, like mumbling. And then there's little captions of like, maybe what he's saying is like, no, you are, you're a fucking nutbag. You are fucked up. He did okay. say to someone, fuck your whole family. I believe. Yeah. No, he, he puts, he does the Hitler salute, the Heil Hitler, and he's holding a beer. He's shouting at somebody in the audience. The speakers blow out again. <laughs> and he goes, we're going to Greece. <laughs> he flicks, he takes two double birds, flicks off the crowd and says, fuck you, bitches. He's leaning on a pole. <laughs> like a, a dad trying to like steady himself. He's leaning on a pole with a beer in hand. He's got his hand on one hand with the beer up high head down looking at the ground and the other hand on his waist just looking down and the beer falls he right takes a moment he lifts his head and he just kind of doesn't even realize he dropped it that's how bad yeah. he is huh all right and then he brings a random girl to sing on stage she's like it's my fucking birthday which is the worst thing ever meanwhile the band is just playing they're like that's my happened. favorite part my favorite part is look at the faces of the band in the back. They're just pretending like it's not happening. Right. It's like you can, they're just like, I don't, I'm just doing my part, dude. I just play yep. bass, man. I don't know. I, I'm just, else. they're just trying to get their money. Right. Go home. They're, they're just trying like, to get that two, $3,000 check. Yep. Oh, it might be more and get the fuck home. I mean, I don't know where this wine festival is anyway. Uh, okay. So then they start singing all star, which is their, of course their most famous song. But there's a backing track, like a backing singing track that he's not even singing to. And he's just kind of like, he's kind of like bobbing, just drunkenly bobbing on stage. And he goes, the next thing he says, I'll fucking kill your whole family. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the guitar player is just like soloing behind him. <laughs> like doing this solo grind. You don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> like he's swaying and stuff. He goes, if I could suck my own dick, I'd never leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, quiet now. I'm the singer. And that's it. Oh, man. I, I suggest to everybody to check this video out. It's uh, uh, no exaggeration. Like Christian said, when you first hear her talking about it, you go, okay, what overblown bullshit is this going to be? And then you're like, yeah. wow, this is truly the most chaotic thing I've ever You're seen. like, no, she actually undersold I know, it. I know. Yeah. On every level, too. Because it's not only is he a mess, like the production isn't even good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like well, they it did is, a sound check and he knew it was going to be bad. She's like, fuck it. I'll just get wasted. The, um, <laughs> it's like the, the dog whistling of society. Like, like they played Sturgis Motorcycle yeah. Rally. And, at the height um, of COVID, at the height of COVID, they went on stage and they were like, "Fuck everything! This is all no COVID's bullshit." Yes. Yeah, and then was, I saw I on, on on a Reddit the Sturgis the Sturgis motorcycle rally. There was like a hat rack of hats that you could buy, and it was literally like Nazi hats and German SS hats and like yeah. white supremacist hats. And you're just like, these people okay. are clearly racist. Like, and they won't say that they're racist, but they're clearly racist. And then this guy's in a blackout and like some people will say that like alcohol can kind of be in some ways a truth serum. Like mm -hmm. this guy just does a straight up Nazi salute. Like, like, right. like he's done it a lot. <laughs> like yeah. that wasn't like a thing he was just playing around with. He just like went, I'm like, dude, like, how is this not, this is the most obvious thing I've ever seen. This dude he clearly has yeah, I mean, it's uh it's it's a shame for that band just because that life is so easy to just be this nostalgia act of yeah. this endearing lovable nostalgia act. You're not having to make high art. It's just show up at random places, have a nice smile, play your songs that people smile to. Yeah. And you can just have a great easy life. Dude, play right. the song from Shrek. And that's it. Yeah. That's <laughs> like really good. it. And and you'll get. The, I mean, you. They probably make good money, but like, yeah. you can really. You know, the adult age old adage is true. You can really white supremacy your way out of being a middling nostalgia <laughs> act, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It only it's, takes one Heil Hitler to do that. Yeah, one Heil Hitler makes me go. Oh, I don't feel good about singing All Star anymore. Yeah. I so I can yeah. Oh, boy. I'll just do Rick Astley. Rick Astley played it right. Rick Astley is, yeah. they're slightly Rick. different, but he is just like, it leans into, yeah. I'm if a me. 
if you go to a Rick Astley up. show, he's playing Never Gonna Give You Up twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> at the beginning and at the end. <laughs> you're going home happy. <laughs> yes, because he's you're gonna leave with a fucking smile. He's gonna guarantee it. <laughs> I uh, that guy but I hope he owns the YouTube channel, the Rick Roll one, because yeah. you know, think about how much money in YouTube ads that guy oh. could have made. Like that Rick Roll I guarantee he shared. I guarantee he, he doesn't see a dime. Yeah, I would love. Right. I mean, it, in a just world, he would have gotten every red cent. But yeah. uh, in a just world, like his song has probably been streamed more than like the I biggest know. hit of this year. Well, like, you, I, I want to give us an update on Rick Astley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is impressive. His YouTube video for "Never Gonna Give You Up" has guess how many views? I was, gonna, I, I, right I was gonna say that one it has billion. A you guys are right. It is over a billion, a billion oh, yeah. and sixty-six million, of course, and uh, two million comments almost on the video. And it is on his. That's the one on his YouTube channel, which probably yes. at yes. some yeah. point, oh, good. good, yeah. And that, so uh, it's he's his doing, YouTube. He's oh, well, you know, oh, he's a millionaire. The crazy thing that's the the interesting thing is like someone just picked him. You know what I mean? Like someone, <laughs> one real funny ass person, just, comedic genius. <laughs> yes, one comedic genius just went. Oh, you know, it'd be funny is if I if I click the link to like you know the new trailer for the next fucking Spider Man movie, and then it was that video. And the guy, the guy said, "What's the most random video? We, yeah. yeah, what's the lamest song we could pick that would be, that'd be really? But funny. it's not." It's a good song. It's a good song. It's That's so right. No, 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 no. But no, 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 no. If it was like Michael Jackson Thriller, that wouldn't be a bit. That right. song isn't no. good in the sense of like it's an amazing song. It's like it's a catchy pop song. It's it's funny yeah. because that song is like in a way kind of forgettable, but not forgettable. Like you always remember that song. You won't remember who sang it. You don't remember, you know. I mean, but you just well, Michael Jackson's. That song. Yeah, it's not Here's, random enough to be funny. Like right, you, yeah. your brain would just go, "Oh, it's a Michael Jackson video." But this is someone that no one knew who probably wasn't of his era. I don't know how famous he was for his era. I don't know. I think right. it was a big song, but the here, layer real quick, of yeah, real quick. Here's what makes it hilarious because the sum of its parts are insane and then when you put it together it's like greater than insane because here's like a canadian white guy with crazy hair who has the blackest voice Uh, he has a very black voice he has a hugely powerful voice but he's like a bucko five soaking wet right and that's the video is insane because there's a black dude in like overalls doing gymnastics for some reason like like none of it makes sense but when you put it together it's like this is kind of great but I think yes. that, that's the layer of comedy that makes a genius. Cause it's like, if we're going to trick someone into watching the new Spider-Man trailer, <laughs> what can we show them instead? And it's like, let's show them a white guy who tricked everybody into thinking he was a black guy <laughs> by yeah. his voice. And then you release the music video and you're like, wait, that guy's white. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's funny because it gets to a point where you don't get mad at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you get Rickrolled, you just like, ah, but yeah, I got it. This is actually, why you, this is why when you get Rickrolled, you kind of go, I mean, I'll listen to this song. <laughs> yeah. I like the song. song. It is a good song. Wait, it's not, yeah. it, it, the only reason it's a, like one of the best internet memes of all time is because the it's, song works. It's, yeah. The song is good enough for that. It's not stand on its, it's own. A, as it it's a good song. No, I but, disagree. So, good song. Have you ever seen a Rick Roll not work? Because Dan Ashey, had, our fan of the friend of the show, number one fan of the show, had a, sent my wife, his daughter, uh, this text uh, uh-huh. that said something along the lines of like, you know, the taxes, the government said that you didn't pay your taxes this year or something like, like something that sounded super serious. Yeah. <laughs> so. And That's my so wife funny. saw the text, and instead of clicking the link, she called him. And she's like, what <laughs> oh. the, she goes, what <laughs> the so fuck funny. is happening? Like, what do you mean? And then he goes, did you click the link? And she goes, no, because <laughs> it sounded serious. 
Yeah. And then he goes, it was a Rick roll. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it's like, Dan, you can't that's go that serious so, on a Rick roll. That's you can't so be like, funny. You can't be like, click the link to see the results of your cancer screen. <laughs> and then it'd be a Rick roll. Like, <laughs> it can't be that. So anyway, the, uh, do you remember the do you remember the meme during covid of it was a meme that similar in kind of style to the rick roll is the the black guy who was it was a naked black guy who had a ginormous penis yes do you remember yes. that meme absolutely <laughs> christian do you remember that, that one i think so it was like people I were mean, <laughs> how could you forget <laughs> yeah, so I, I I forget like the cover. People would say like something about like yeah. I, I, there was like pandemic assistance. Click right. this to learn more. <laughs> like, and then you click, and it's just a photo of this you know this black guy who's naked and yeah. boy does he have a big penis and huge uh, penis. You know what? Like even in the worst of times, thank God we have a sense of humor. You know? Yes, like, I agree. thank God some people can. Hold- still do that and this was there was a funny moment where uh uh like uh one of my friends her aunt uh who's like this nice like 60 year old woman got like Mm. got it didn't click the link and was just like oh i need to help my friends because here's all the info about pua pandemic assistance so i guess she sent it to like 15 people Because she didn't click the link, oh, no. which means yeah. she was just like this nice sixty-year-old woman was just like sending out this photo, <laughs> illicit photo, to all of her friends. I love it. The funniest That's person really to have send it out. Right. But here's my I argument. Some, for, yeah, go ahead, Christian. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say real quick about that guy. Someone posted a picture on Instagram. I forget who it was, but it was really funny. It was them wearing sunglasses, and the reflection in the sunglasses was actually the the black guy penis thing. And it was like a way of like getting by the sensors. <laughs> so like there's a picture of them with sunglasses on. And if you look really carefully, you realize that <laughs> what they're looking at in the sunglasses is that black guy with a huge penis. So it was just hilarious. Anyway, go ahead, Christian. Now, here's my argument why Rick Astley is actually good. <laughs> he released a song recently uh, called Angels on My Side. And I'll see if I can play it. On here. Yeah, really? Yo, he's still making music. I've never listened to it, but sometimes I feel like Do you know Oh, this is good. Can you crank it a little? This is I, I'm telling you, Wit. Yo, that's a hit. That's yes, a hit. I gotta give it to him. You know what? He's not a one-hit wonder anymore. He has two hits. That's a hit. I hear that. I hear. I hear that, and I go even in this shitty like mic through a mic version of it being played. This I can hear. It's a good song, dude. That's a hit. Dude, like if that, if that played at the end of a movie, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's a good movie." <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> <it's a good laughs> I got angels on my side. We're gonna be singing that all day. And got angels flying high. Everything will be all right. He's also a fun guy to do his voice because he has right. that range that you just is fun to do falsetto. Angels flying high. <laughs> So Rick, yeah. So you know, a toast to Rick Astley for being a person who has outlived, outlasted, and leaned with dignity into the meme. And that is not a hard thing to. Excuse me. That is not an easy thing to do because I. There can be a bitterness. I mean, granted, if the internet decides to make you a multimillionaire and you get to just play music and yeah. tour and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, but, going, back to, going back to Smash Mouth. They haven't really embraced the all-star craze because that's right. another meme worthy song. I mean, I wrote a sketch about it. Me and Sarah yeah. wrote a sketch about it. You it's can see it on my sketch. YouTube it if is. you want to see it. I think it's pretty funny. Um, of of that song, and I think like that's a song that gets made fun of and gets played a lot. 
uh, in joke fashion, similar to the Rick Ashley thing, not in the sense of like, it's a Rick roll type, but like kind of like an ironic and which by the way, that song is also catchy. It's, it's, uh, it's not, it's, it's a good catchy. song. So well, you know, what's interesting is so, like, I got if, that. If, it's, it's, sorry, if they just leaned in more on that and weren't such, you know, white supremacists, man, smash mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing that made me realize it was such a good song was your sketch because at one point you guys have like a uh, like a a choir or like an acapella group singing it. Yeah, and like they're singing it, I was like, this is a very like a beautifully made song. Like wow. once you strip it down from the those guys were so great. Shout out to the current NYC. You got to check them out. They're an acapella group. This part of the sketch is they started singing that song in my character, like in their in his face, and like that was one of the hardest shoot days because one. I always joke with my friend Louis Lucci, who directed it. Uh, that was our revenant because we shot it <laughs> in, in um, on Prospect Park, and it was like literally with the wind chill, it was like ten degrees, and we had mm-hmm. shot the first part of the sketch earlier in the year, like in the fall. So I just wore like a regular jacket, and for continuity, I had to wear that jacket again. But it was like way too cold to have that, so I, I'm right. just like freezing my balls off. <laughs> and then Hardcore there's acapella way. group is singing in my face and it's like i'm trying to like not crack and break character and it's that was a really fun day uh but it was a really tough day too but they did such a good job they were really funny um yeah they were really good it's uh it's interesting i was gonna say it's interesting that like who the internet picks well oh one thing with the the rick Astley, there was like a movement not a movement but it was very like short-lived it was a thing of like trying to make fetch happen kind of where mm-hmm. they like that angels on our side. They tried to like Rick, they tried to Rick roll with that song instead. They're like, all right, the new thing is like click a link and then that song should come up. And that didn't, it didn't go anywhere. No. Cause you can never manufacture the internet. Exactly. Yeah. And here's like, here's an example that comes into the, the internet will only embrace stuff that feels like it wasn't trying yeah, in that, right. in that way. Like right, of yeah. like like take for example Drake a few years ago was like this is the new shuffle like right yeah. he was like this is the dance for the song right and that was the cringiest shit ever first yes. off he's like thirty six you're like you don't <laughs> yeah. need to be doing this like I'm the trendy dance like, hey kids here's our dance now and <laughs> yeah. yeah right <laughs> like, and here's why there's a re- oh go ahead Rich sorry I was gonna say when when Casper wrote the cachacha side he was just trying to pay his bills. <laughs> right yes and so it's like and here's a recent one of like a rapper who is only ever awesome who is kendrick lamar he has a new song with his cousin whose name's baby keem and in the song kendrick lamar who's a freaking like the best lyricist right he has so a right. line in it where he just goes the lyric is he goes all right, let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. And you think it's like going to be dope. And then he just goes top of the morning, 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 top of the morning. Let's get this shit. Top of the morning. <laughs> and, and you're like, when you listen to it, you're like, what the fuck am I listening? He literally says it yeah. six or seven times in a row, but the internet loves it yeah. because he wasn't like, it just felt like he was fucking around and having fun right. and not like, Yo, kids, like I'm going to be like, yo, let's do the top of the morning hashtag top of the morning. He didn't do that. He just made it. And so it's like, that's why that's now a thing. And if you try and have the new TikTok dance or the TikTok meme, it sucks. Well, the the thing that was interesting to me about just that thing, just exactly what you're talking about, the not trying is the ocean spray guy. The guy who was singing "Dreams" on a skateboard on TikTok, right? Oh, yeah. that's that the guy, ultimate. That was like that's the ultimate because it's like that, that again just enjoying his day, like. right? That again is like to me again with like Rick Rick rolls like the sum of its parts are so insane <laughs> that like together it's this kind of like uh, this like uh, Mexican guy like in LA he's riding a skateboard like on the highway drinking ocean spray like specifically ocean spray cranberry juice while singing <laughs> dreams from Fleetwood Mac like you probably wouldn't expect that dude to be singing that song right. of all the songs way, and he's way just too fucking, old of a guy on a skateboard right too. passionately singing it right. and I remember like I remember you know when something big like that happens people try to like quantify or like try to figure it out 
there was like some New York Times article or something like trying to like he is all of us in this current pandemic time. Uh, like he is our reckless abandon. I'm like, shut up. Just shut it's up. Like, it's funny because he's, he doesn't seem like he should be singing that song. You know what it is? It's just it's when you see someone genuinely having a good time and enjoying enjoying themselves, it just puts yeah. a smile on your face because, you right. know, that that guy didn't make that to get famous. He wasn't yeah. doing that TikTok because he was trying to cash in on a TikTok trend. He wasn't like it was just a genuine moment, and those things yeah. are very like when you see them happen are very, you know, it has the genesis quoi as they say, yeah. of just mm-hmm. being real. It's just real, you know. That guy, that guy would yeah. have done that without the phone and the camera. Like he would have just done. Right. That's what he does every day. Like he's just chilling. That's what. Uh, that's why I think the Bad Trip movie from Eric Andre was so funny because it's like. It's just so real in a sea of like comedies that are like written to be funny. Or it's like, I always think like, I always use this example. It's like when somebody gets hit in the nuts in a movie, it's so corny and so funny because of the camera cuts. If you watch a YouTube video where somebody gets hit in the nuts, it's always hilarious. Like, I don't care. It is someone getting hit in the nuts in real life is funny just because it really happened. You watched it in real time. Like a cut into somebody guys some guys Ooh. nuts and you know it's fake you're like fuck this that's stupid and corny yes i yeah i completely agree with like the you know the record scratch moment of getting hit in the nuts <laughs> right it is it's so unfunny on paper it's a, a absolutely hack if you wrote somebody getting hit in the nuts you'd be like okay take this out that's hacky but for some reason it is i don't know it's just funny because gen- authentic, like in it. I mean, this is not to sound too pretentious, but like putting authenticity into like either art or or whatever is the point of it all. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's here or there. That's something I'm trying to do with all my newer standup. Is like, is this you know, is this just more authentically me? But uh, in any case, that is why things randomly go viral. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that may have been authentic, but uh, when it's like trying to, like, there's yeah. like a famous TikTok now that it's like this artist. She goes, it starts and she goes, "My life fucking sucks. I'm an artist in the middle of nowhere. I don't have a major record label deal." Like in to top it all off, my best friend betrayed me, and it shows like a screenshot of text of her best friend being like, "Your music is shit," and she's like, "That's why I need you to blow this song up so we can prove it to her and all the other Ew. haters." And it's just like, "Fuck you! Who the fuck are you to?" T-? And it got like, you know, multi millions of hits. By the way, the the video she made is hyper well produced. Yeah, that's like, her team. That's her up with the team. Yeah. The, her friend the, that texted her was in on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the most, uh, an just, intern at BMI came up with that text. Yes. And it's so it, like, it hurts. It's like, yeah. this is so fake. I can't. And also what do you, what's my call to action? Help your career. Right. Fuck that. Yeah. I don't even care. Yeah, I know. I know. We got to make, me a million dollars <laughs> in order to get back at this first that's year. why that's why some comics do that thing where they're like you know we're building or we did it or yeah. we shot that special did i'm we? like no 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 no. you're manipulating your fans to have this parasocial approach to you where they share in your success but that's fucking manipulative you shot the special congrats mm-hmm. yeah 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 Anyway. Lots to talk about. We got to talk about next week the new Bond movie. I saw it and I have thoughts. Mm, new I haven't Bond. seen it yet, so maybe I'll try to see it. Is it streaming anywhere? or Is it just in theaters? It's just in theaters. The way I movie know should that, be like, watched. I, yeah, I get that, but like, God, but yeah, could be I haven't seen Shang Chi for that reason. I'm like, I have a kid now. Like, you can't. You, this yeah. is the thing about having a kid. You cannot leave the house. You, you just can't, you can't leave do anything. You just can't I did, leave. I'm doing Christian and I are doing this. This sounds so dumb and corny, but we're doing this meditation thing, a group meditation thing, right? It's like just having ten minutes to meditate is impossible. Like maybe <laughs> like yeah. ten minutes of silence is not possible. Yeah. Um I, wow, that's depressing. Anyway. Anyway, best decision I ever made, you know. All that. Um if you guys find yourself you have a free two to five hour i mean man yeah 
Man, I yeah, had it's a like, good I'm Sunday. I'm going to take some naps. <laughs> naps I had a good plural. Sunday, bro. I went into a coffee shop. I had a coffee, read and wrote for two hours, and then mm-hmm. I just walked around with another a coffee, and then I just went and saw Bond, and then I biked to my friend Pedro's. Yeah, but did you look into your child's eyes, Brett? No, no, I didn't. Exactly. Did you feel the you infinite love? <laughs> you live an empty life. Me and Christian, s- we carry our soul. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Daniel Craig was handsome in it, so. <laughs> yeah, his eyes are nice. Anyway, anyway guys, uh, let's wrap it up there. Tell us where you people can find you, what you want them to know about Rig, you. go. Um, YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com ah. slash Nick Whitmer. I just want to say my life fucking sucks. And if you don't go <laughs> on my YouTube channel and subscribe to my YouTube and blow it up, send it to every person you know, because we can do this, guys. That's how we, we get can back do it. Brett's ex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how we get back on my ex. Guys. Uh, like, share, subscribe, rate, and view this podcast so that we, we all together, us and oh dear nation, can be a movement. We need to storm the Capitol <laughs> with this podcast. If anyone waited through those plugs for that, it was worth it. That's actually anyway, a good guys. PR move. We should storm the Capitol, the three of us. And <laughs> just say it's because of our podcast, and then yeah. maybe it'll get some plays. All right. I'll be yeah. there this weekend. Right on. All right, sweet. See you guys. Have a good Peace. week. Bye. Later, fam.